All right. Uh, yeah, see, it's always good to start with an all right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, welcome to the uh, long awaited, much called for by nobody uh, draft tacular episode. I don't know, two, one B. I don't know what this is. Um, I'm Comey. I don't know how to do this anymore. Um, it, this is going to be either epically amazing in like a Peter Griffin is a maestro when he's drunk kind of way or an epic failure in like Peter Griffin and everything else he does. Um, with me is uh, Anon. Anon, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing tonight? Uh, well, I guess that leads me to the other. The Brenton is also here and he seems to be sober and also possibly uh, hepped up on speed pills. Yeah, both. Okay. Well, then th this should be um, uh, focused and very unfocused at the same time. Um, so the playoffs are underway. I haven't updated the file yet, which I meant to do. Um, I'm playing a little catch up, but the playoffs started uh, about an hour ago. I don't know the results of tonight's games. No um, games tonight. No games tonight. Okay, well, then this is even better. Um, so what we've done is earlier in the day, uh, we went through and we drafted uh, the playoff participants uh, by, obviously, who is who we think is likeliest to win the World Series. Uh, and we are going to present that to you now, uh, along with... Uh, uh, a quick off-topic draft smack dab in the middle of it. Uh, we are going to be working backwards so that we work up to number one because after what, like the first four, do, do you really care? You know, and I say that to somebody who's not drafted in the top four spoilers. Yeah, um, I care quite yeah. a bit. Uh, so the order for this was uh, Brenton, Anon, and me. And that meant that Brendan got the last pick as this was a snake draft and he was gifted Colorado. Uh, Brendan, give us your case for Colorado winning the whole thing. That's a tough sell. Not because I don't like Colorado. You know, I think the team, despite selling off some interesting pieces early in the year, maintained some of his integrity, which is shocking to me. Um, I thought that they would, I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs at all. I, I thought there would be a, a distant fourth in this division. Um, so the fact that they made it, it is impressive, especially that they made it surviving in a division like the National League West, which has turned into the powerhouse of the National League for whatever that sentiment is worth. Um, I suppose if you have to make a case for the Rockies, it would be... <clears throat> They've been extraordinarily, extraordinarily, excuse me, unlucky in close games. They are statistically one of the better teams. Again, I got nothing. They're, I mean, they're a fine team. There's no shot that the Rockies win the World Series this year. And I, I'd say that with all due respect to the job that Carson is doing in the in the Colorado market. Hideki Abe, Carlos Correa. And Alonzo Martinez cannot carry this team through the National League. They're not going to carry him through the Dodgers. They're not going to carry him through the, the, the uh, Phillies. They're not going to carry him through the Diamondbacks. It's just not going to happen. 
that's probably not how you argue for your team to win, but I can't see a, a path for them. I'm the only person on camera, so I don't know if I, if I froze or what. No, no. Well, I hear you. Okay. I'll, I'll throw this. I'll throw this at you though. They were eight and eleven against Arizona. They were nine and ten against the Dodgers. So not totally overmatched, while on paper overmatched. So you get you get through Arizona, you get through LA in the second round. You only have to deal with one of them. You don't have to be both of them. Or actually, I take that back. Colorado does have to be both of them to get through. Uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a tough sell. But you, if you do get through LA and Arizona, well, the door the path is wide open at that point and that means if you're playing well uh if you can get to the nlcs but you're right uh it, it's a tough sell to say colorado is the team to beat uh let alone in the national league let alone across the entire league yeah i mean th this draft is to win the world series correct not just to reach the world series correct i was under yeah, the impression to, to, to win the world yeah series. to win to win yeah. the thing now i i thought i was unmuted um i i muted myself okay. and i'm an idiot um so i can give you a couple of things that could carry them um, one, they're 31 and 15 against left-handed starters. Uh, that's ridiculous to me. Now they're only 500 and it's righties, but they decimated left-handed pitching. They're also, um, you know, one of the few teams who they weren't 500 on the road, but they were 39 and 42. Like they can win games on the road and they're not going to be intimidated by either Arizona or LA and LA LA isn't what LA was even a month ago. Um, even though LA has been quite good, they are kind of propped up by a bunch of um, misfit toys uh, with all their injuries. Um, they also went 36 and 20, uh, 36 and 19 from August 1st on, like they played their worst baseball in the middle of the season and really turned it on late um, for a team that's playing at cores. They finished second in pitching war uh, starters were fourth in the NL bullpen was sixth. I mean, they're a team that can be quite equipped for a, a deeper run. I mean, obviously they have to have a lot of stuff break, right? But they're not a terrible team to be gifted at 12. Well, thir so 36 and 19, is that what you said? Uh, yeah, 36, uh, 19 and 8 in August, 16 and 10 in September, and 1 and 1 in October. Yeah, so that, that means they were a sub-500 team as recently as mid-August. Uh, well, that means they've caught fire, and, and hell, we saw what that did for the, the real-life Braves last year, right? Like, catching fire at the right team is uh, time certainly is important. Um it also tells me they're not a very good team. I'd have to look at their what who did they play down the stretch? I don't know. I that'd be wild speculation. A lot of Giants. I see a lot of Giants, Padres, and Cubs on uh the end of their September schedule. More Giants, Mets. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a good point. I saw I mean, the left-handed thing as well. I, I thought about bringing it up, but really the only team in the National League that, that gives you a leg up against is Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta starts four lefties. The rest of the teams start a majority of righties. Uh, so I don't think if you're in Colorado, you're like, sweet, I have an advantage over the next worst team in the National League playoffs. Um, you know, you're probably worried more about the other guys. But it is an interesting point. They get lucky and catch them lefties. They also have a legitimate ace in Miguel Pineda. And possibly, I mean, I, I don't know 
like, but 43 saves and a 0.94 ERA for Krishan Holly might be the best closer in the league, period. Um, if you're able to get to, say, like, I mean, I don't know what Griffin... Yeah, he pitched 31 innings. Like, if you're able to get to something like uh, Griffin Roberts, uh, Manny Reyes, and and Holly, um, and shorten your your uh, you know your night, like I, I could I could see them hitting you know a, a a path that just gets them there. Oh, one reminder: this is a team that has propped up season long stats, but with, with three pitchers that are no longer there between Clayton Kershaw, Nick McCauley, and Jordan Walden. If all three of those guys were still in Colorado, I don't think this is the 12th pick, the last pick team to, to win it all, uh, but they're not there. And I, I just think it, it's a hell of a season for Carson, but it's a long, it's a long climb to a world series title for the Rockies. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get to uh number 11 and uh, Anon, you had the 11th pick. Who did you go with? I went with the Toronto blue Jays. Um, they're a team that has played pretty much everyone in the American League playoff well, with the exception of the Angels. Uh, they were basically 500 against everyone else. You would we, we just talked about Clayton Kershaw uh, not being in Colorado. Well, he is in Toronto. Um, you have Kershaw. You have Gil Martin. You have Chapman. Michael Walker has not been good this year, but perhaps he uh, regains form. You still have a formidable lineup that for a while was m- missing Stanton, but you have Pardo, Stanton, Hartgraves, Wilcox in the middle of it. Uh, even the bottom of the order stretch. It's a, it's a long lineup. Brownell, Cutler, and Franco at the bottom. If Ryan Nash could ever find the bat that we've all been accustomed to in years past, uh, it's a lineup that would be as good as anyone uh, in the American League. And like unlike Colorado, where they have to go through L.A. and Arizona, uh, Toronto's obviously on the right side of the bracket. Again, nothing's easy in the playoffs, but they're only going to have to get through one of the three of LA, Houston, and Seattle. Now, we've seen every bullpen arm get hurt this season, and we've seen Mitch lose sleep over the bullpen arms that are there, and Craig Kimbrell's struggles late in games at times. Uh, so pitching iffy at times in the bullpen, but there's a lot to like about this Blue Jay team. Bren. What on? Oh, yeah, I'm 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 unmuted again. Um, on a scale of colors, where would you put the Blue Jays' chances of of winning this thing? Blue. Why on blue? A, on a hoot scale, blue, being that it is it is not ideal. I mean, they finished hot six in a row. Braulio Pardo is not hurt long term, which is nice. You know, James Tate's not a big loss. Tim Lindsay is. It is a team that does not seem to be as good as the sum of its parts for whatever reason. I don't quite understand the struggles. As you look up and down the lineup, it's just impressive from Prado all the way down to Cutler. I mean, you get outside of that, Franco, Nash, Cease aren't exactly super impressive. Chapman's nice to your point earlier about having a true ace at the top. I do like Michael Chapman, but you got to win multiple games. I don't know that Waka, somebody I trust, Kershaw. Well, shit. Now I say that Kershaw was really good for them since when he came over, wasn't he? He was. 
So maybe, I mean, maybe Kershaw seemed to struggle in Colorado in his second year. He, he was much better. So maybe you go with a one-two of Kershaw and, um, forgive me, Chapman. And you do have a legitimate one-two. You've got the playoff experience, which puts you well ahead of potentially where Baltimore is. Maybe, maybe Blue is an unfair assessment, but I mean, they were drafted 11th for a reason. Maybe uh, like you looked at these guys and thought, this is a this is a world beating team in the American League. Yeah, I mean, I, and obviously, uh, in terms of a third starter, they they do have Gilmartin who, uh, yeah. who who can do a job. Like I, I have no faith in Michael Laka whatsoever, um, and Kimbrel's fine. You know, he he was really good. It just the you know the walks could be a thing, um, and that's you know, like it's not reliable. Like he he was really good. It's just not as reliable as you want. Um, yeah, th- this team like for all of their offensive parts, it seems like they're decidedly second tier offensively. Like they're they're fifth or sixth in virtually everything, all the offensive categories. With the exception of walks, like they they're able to to work counts and and get things, but again, um, I, I just there were like two sides to this team, and um, also it's kind of interesting. Like I say, there were two sides of this team, but they didn't. Outside of going eighteen and nine April, um, their wins since uh, in May fifteen wins, thirteen in June, fifteen in July, fourteen in August. 14 in September and then the 2 and 0 in October. Um, they haven't, like, it seems like they are the most inconsistent 92 win team there is. I, I don't know. Um, they're also 12th in zone rating, which is really, I, I, that's just, I could see them getting burned that way too, um, just defensively. That franchise has um, never believed in defense. Even, even right. the formats, they've never believed in defense. The new right. playoff format is just interesting too. You got to play three games on the road to start. You got so you got to beat the division champs. When Toronto's got the ninth best American League bullpen, and Baltimore has the first, the best bullpen ER. Uh, playoffs, if games are tight, you're playing on the road against a team with a better bullpen. Uh, it's, an, it's again, it's not Pill Klein. Yeah. All right. Going to 10, I've, I've got two in a row here. Um, the first pick in the fourth round, I took the Cardinals, which is interesting that a team with a first-round bye um, is ninth. But um, when, you know, like I, this is a team I'm not really sure how they're here. Uh, I mean, I guess it's got to be the, the bullpen. I mean, they're first in bullpen ERA, and it's not really that close. And that props up their, you know, their 3.514 ERA. Um, but they are, they are m- like middle of the pack in everything offense. Uh, their best is fifth in walks. Um, they are outside of the bullpen ERA. They are... Mm-hmm. <laughs> like second tier in everything pitching. Uh, this is a team that they caught fire in September, uh, but they were trending down going into that. Um, I mean, I'm not really sure just who their ace is. Jeffrey LeBlanc did not pitch like one with a 1.38 whip. Uh, 
Kevin Comer. I, I mean, I guess his like his whip at one point one two. He did give up thirty home runs. Um, but he he I he's probably I he was actually a little under below average in ERA plus at, at ninety six. So I guess can't really look at that. Like I'm I'm just having a hard time figuring out who steps up for this team and becomes the guy like I, you know, and maybe that, that this is the opposite of Toronto where they are far better than the, some other parts, but I have a hard time seeing it with this team. Um, I'd agree which with again, that. really strange. Like I figured this team, um, like I, I probably should have taken Colorado to be honest with you. Um, I, I took I took St. Louis solely on the reason they have a first round bye, and therefore, um, you know they they have an advantage on all the wild card teams. But you know, looking at them, I then yeah, I'm not a I'm not as big a fan as I was. Plus, um, who's there? Eight is Aiden there? Is that is that who's there? Aiden's there. Yeah, yeah they're screwed. <laughs> I mean, the, the positive thing, if you want to take something away from this, right, is goes to something you mentioned about first thing we talked about, which is their record versus lefties. These guys are actually better against left-handed pitchers than that team. They're 38 and 15 with a 71% win percentage against left-handed pitching. So they are spectacular against lefties. Unfortunately, they are sub 500 against right-handed pitching. Uh, I think that might be the only playoff team. So that can't be right, but it, it has to be one of the worst playoff records against right-handed pitching. Um if you were to take a look at that, which I didn't before I made that bold statement. So hopefully that is not a, just a bold faced lie. Um, so you've got that. The, the reality is they're a subpar far below mid tier offensive team. There are 15 teams and they are ranked 12th in a lot of this crap. Like they're bottom third, um, a, a team that plays in a division. That I think had two teams that, jumped out of nowhere in 2021 when you think about the brewers and the pirates really regressed in the mean here in 2022 or in the pirates case well below it uh the pirates won what pirates won 90 something games last year is that right if so yeah i'd have to go to history and info yeah they won 94 games in 2021 they won 60 games this year and dismantled the majority of that franchise um the brewers took a huge step back as well and if you and think about the it, cubs got participation credit the Cubs are there. They're, they're always just around. Yeah, 93 wins to 85, right? The Brewers took a step back. The Reds really look like they were going to contend for a second in the middle and then just didn't, right? They, they finished above 500, which is great for the franchise, and they've got a bright future. But this is a team in a division full of teams that either struggled below their talent level in the Brewers or just had no business being involved in a playoff race with the Reds, Cubs, and Pirates. And so when you get to feed off that crap all year, yeah, you're going to make the division someone had to, and it'll boost your win rate a little bit. So your to your point, they were twenty two games over five hundred against the four teams in their division. They were two games under five hundred against everyone else. Yeah. So that's that. They're a case of the anti like Astros and Mariners, or maybe an anti Rockies team, right? Where they had to battle it out in the tough division and, and still got a good win title. The, the Cardinals are the opposite of that. Yeah. You know, I I, I guess um, you know, my my point about Aiden before he could just not even know it's playoff time and that his team made the playoffs and that could work to their advantage because then he wouldn't be uh meddling with whatever the heck they're doing right now. Yeah. Um so the 
ninth team selected uh, was the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, it's kind of hard to take them with Andrew Vaughn out for another week and them having to face the Braves. Oh, I, I, I should mention that if the no team is rooting for the Braves more than the Cardinals. Yeah, that no, no, that's they, they got it. They got a favorable, potentially favorable draw with that. So anyway, um, the Phillies, you know, Vaughn being out hurts, except that KJ Costello has destroyed the ball in his place, you know, hitting 423, 444, 712, uh, a 208 OPS plus in his 54 plate appearances. I know it's the ultimate small sample size. Um, but if he is uh, blissfully unaware of the moment enough uh, against the Braves, like he could just keep on slugging. And that lineup is very potent around, you know, with, with Ryobi Kamita, who is still uh, probably the greatest signing I ever made. Um, Anthony Hale, who has cooled down since his, you know, since he got that massive extension. Um, but like Cam Gundy hit 30 home runs. Uh, Lou Bob, you know, in his rookie year, yeah, 233, but 23 homers, um, 69 RBIs. Yeah, the 185 strikeouts isn't really something you want for a leadoff hitter, but his OPS plus, he, he's just below. He's like league average, basically. Um, and then their rotation outside of Magana, like they're okay. Um, and they have John O'Day, like they have a really solid, like if they can get to the seventh inning with a lead, they are with the back end of their bullpen. They're, they're looking good. It's just, how do they get there? That, that will be the biggest thing. Like, can they out hit the Braves? I think they can out, out hit the Cardinals, but I'm not sure they can get past Arizona or the Dodgers pitching or, or, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure they can do that. But I had to be a homer and, and take them before the fourth round. Anthony Hale bats big, but he's also coming back after five weeks of not playing with no rehab. That's a concern. Uh, the pitching isn't great, but in a three-game series all at home, Elijah Manning at home was 10-2 and two with an ERA just above three, whereas he was pretty awful on the road at two and seven with an ERA of basically five. Uh, so if, if they can get by Atlanta, maybe Magana, Manning, and Wilson. He has your point. Eighth and ninth inning are good with Flemmer and O'Day, but can you get there? Uh, lineup, lineup's fine. I mean, the lineup's good. Uh, so, so there's not a concern there other than no Andrew Vaughn, but your point of Costello is worthy. Uh, but, yeah, can, can a team with the worst pitching in the National League advance to the World Series with some of the talented teams that are out there? Uh, no, they can't. This is a – so, first of all, they're – the way the wild card set up nowadays, all three games being at home in Philadelphia is a huge benefit there. Eight and two versus Atlanta at home. Uh, we already kind of talked about if you get through, let's say the Braves, uh, whoever gets through this matchup gets the Cardinals. We talked about the Cardinals, the Braves. Well, the Cardinals and the Phillies have a nice second round matchup based on the way we just described the Cardinals. So the Phillies get through the Braves, which they're likely to do based on their home record. They then get they also uh, Braves went five and seven against the Phillies this year. So, uh, According well, according to this, no, according no, to, they went they went eight and eleven against them. Oh, eight and eleven. So it's worse. So it's worse. Okay. Yeah, so I, the, yeah. the Phillies were eight and two at home. 
against us, which means we were then six and nine at home against them. Right. Either way, they beat the shit out of us all year, but particularly in Philadelphia. Um, right. That, to, to the point, though, that this is going to be. I would say that you can take that second rating for the Philadelphia offense and put that into a with an asterisk next to it and say the last three months, which they went 17 wins and back to back to back months. They're the National League's best offense versus in terms of runs scored and starter ERA, the National League's best pitching staff in the Braves. So what does that look like when we've got the best offense in the National League versus the best pitching staff in the National League and a bullpen that, while not rated, we're rated fourth. Um, if you think about the top four or five people in the Braves bullpen being uh, Nick McCulley, James Serrano, uh, who both have a sub one, sub two ERA, excuse me, in Atlanta since coming over, Tracy Moss, has been very good in the Stavro role, and then a couple other good pieces. They've got a good – Abraham Jones has been all right. They've got a good couple of arms in that bullpen, so can the Braves the – Will the Braves use Nick McCauley, though? I mean, we what, we saw two games, uh, nail-biter in the end, Brewers bases loaded on the ninth yesterday, a one-run win against national, the Nationals, and the only way McCauley gets in the game is Tracy Mass gets injured in the ninth inning. That, see, that's the part I don't understand. Again, I, I metagaming here, I have, I have McCulley set to use more often. I set him up as a follower in the for Otero. He should have come in. He didn't. He pitched through two pitches in that whole friggin' series uh, game against Washington and against um, whoever I beat in the first game. Excuse me. That, I don't mean to dismiss the dead that quickly, but I can't remember. Uh, like the, the This is a weird Desi Wilson thing where I don't understand why he's not using the people I'm asking him to use. Yeah, McCauley throwing two pitches is unacceptable. He needs to be in every game in this thing if the Braves want to win. Now, this is not a Braves conversation. This is a Phillies conversation, but that is weird to me. We'll get to that when we talk about the Braves. Um, so the Phillies, really, their, their whole goal is outmatch the Braves, which has not been a problem for them all year, especially at home. Outmatch the uh, Cardinals, which we just talked about why that's not a problem. And then you get into a situation where you're playing the Diamondbacks or the Dodgers or the Rockies, right? A National League West team. Which again is is a mash amount kind of thing anyway, because the National League best teams are out, the offenses are out there with the Diamondbacks, the Dodgers. So their their path to the World Series is just hit the shit out of the ball forever. Uh, to to Comey's point, hang on till Vaughn comes back, and then hope that their pitchers can do enough to to keep them there. And that's a that's a real strategy at this point. Agreed, agreed, and, and it's a good segue because uh, Anon, you're number eight, and who did you take? Uh, I have to pull that up one second. I took eight. Who the hell did I take eight? I'm sorry, guys. I don't have the list. I took Atlanta eight. You took Atlanta, which is a, a um, good, that's why it's a good segue. I'm a good I host. also probably need to second guess, second guess myself on this because I forgot that Taylor Sparks was out for this series. Yeah. Uh, that said, it, it came down to what Brenton kind of described a minute ago. The Braves have starting pitching and the Phillies don't. And again, in the playoffs, I, I just lean towards – Games two and three, even if the Phillies get get by, uh, who was the scheduled starter tomorrow? Brady Aiken? Yep. Uh, what, then Bueller and Rivera waiting for two and three? Yes, correct. Um, I, I just think that sets up for the Braves. And, and even without Taylor Sparks, we have saw Alec Baum come up big here of late. You still have Bo Bichette at the top of the lineup. Hessen Power has the speed. Oyashi's potential in the middle of the lineup i still think this braves lineup even though they've caused a headache with their inconsistency is still enough to go along with the good pitching at the top and if you get by the phillies i i think the pitching again is too good for the cardinals to overcome 
which is why I think this is a team that probably can't get to the World Series because, again, I think we're going to get to the uh, Arizona and L.A. Uh, out there later. But but there's enough in Atlanta to, to be competitive in an NLCS in my eyes. Um, Especially if that if that two-week, two- to three-week injury on Taylor Sparks is two weeks and he is available in the NLCS. I... Yeah, I mean, it's like the the Braves issue is offense, you know, and just the inconsistency of that offense. Like you're third in war, but in everything seemingly that it takes to accumulate that war, you're second tier, like sixth in average, sixth in on base, eighth in slugging, um, seventh in runs scored. Um and if your best offensive player is is out, um, it just, it's obviously it's just that much more difficult. Um, like you could pitch around Oyashi, nobody else in that lineup is, you know, somebody you're terrified of. Um, like, Can I hop back in for one second? I'm sorry, John. Uh, yeah. With with the Braves got, with PM here, I'd li- I'd like to ask a question actually. Uh, any chance Andy Otero is extended here in the playoffs or is the opener role likely going to continue? I mean, the, the whole reason the Braves made a lot of the moves we did in the middle of the season was with the idea of Otero and Lucas Sims being run as openers with guys like McCulley, Serrano, Freed, Moss, Riley Pines, Max, I said Max Freed already, Abraham Jones coming in as followers and just using the dominant bullpen we built, heavy quotes, mm-hmm. right? to to run this thing so Otero really struggled when I started kind of doing some deeper analysis on his early performance he struggled beyond the fourth inning mm-hmm. um, he just started getting hit really hard and so I've I've limited that down the stretch it hasn't really worked he hasn't been great but he's been a hell of a lot better than he was to start makes sense um Jacob who are you? is interesting though by the way I mean you start you sent mention him as a starter I didn't plan on it he's three and oh with 327 ERA as kind of a, you know, emergency call up when uh, I don't remember why he's in there, or who the hell was place he took, but, uh, you know, he, he didn't pitch poorly. Yeah. Is it possible, you know, if Aikens going in game one, let's say, let's say the Braves win, is it possible that, you know, Heatherly goes in game two with Bueller in reserve for game three? Like, cause you're kind of playing with house money at that point. Yeah, we might have to. I mean, he is currently Bueller is scheduled to start. That's a big if. If he gets the W, maybe you do. I can throw him out there and get Bueller on full rest. Um, I toyed with the idea of also running Otero back out there as a, an opener in a couple of days. You know, depending on how what he looked like, he went through forty-seven pitches yesterday. Give him two more days. You know, who knows what that third game looks like? So, it, it's it's going to be fluid as as we win. As we win or lose, excuse me, the first game. Right, right. Okay. Um, is there anything you want to say in your defense, Bren, as to uh, why the Braves, why you think the Braves can win the thing? I, I don't. I'm going to say I, I'm surprised we're here. To be fair, I have been uh, as absent as I have ever been uh, over the last two months. Um, and so I don't. I think there have been some GMs across the league who have uh, balked at the idea that the Braves are even here fairly <laughs> fairly publicly, which is, has been enjoyable. Um, 
I don't think we belong this year. It, we had too many players suffer second year regressions. Bo Bichette and um, uh, uh, Miller Thomas were both 30 home run guys last year. Miller Thomas got back there, but he couldn't hit the ball. And Bo Bichette hit half as many home runs this year as he did last year. You know, Taylor Sparks was half the player he was the entire year. Alec Bohm was a 30 home run guy last year is awful this year. Um, so it, it has not been a year that Doug Smith hit 30 home runs. He, he hasn't, he's barely being above 200, right? So all these guys that were rookies last year that carried the Braves into this weird world series run that I wasn't expecting took huge steps backwards. And so I had written this year off as, all right, hold the team down. Don't make any more dumb moves. Let's move into 2023. So that that we're here is nice. If we get through the world wild card thing would be nice, but I can't see the Braves competing against the Diamondbacks, the Dodgers, the Rockies, much less anyone that comes out of the American League. Though, wouldn't it be nice to see an Orioles-Braves World Series, um, at least here in Atlanta, where me and, and uh, Drew get, live two miles from each other? Get those live streamed. Uh, Mike Mike Ogden hit 264 during the regular season last year, hit 345 during the playoffs. I mean, you need yeah. something like that. You need a player just to catch fire here in the playoffs. Yeah, and he hit 211 this year. So it's, that's another guy that just I, – I don't understand. All these guys decided, fuck it. Um, just a heads up, game one's uh, – Presumed starter Brady Aiken, 0-1 with a 6.97 ERA uh, in two starts against the Phillies this year, 1.55 whip. Um, the September start was better. Uh, that was also in Philly, six innings, four hits, three earned runs, uh, eight strikeouts, and three walks. Um, so that's you know just the handiwork against them this year. Let's go to the seventh pick, which was Brenton. The Dodgers, yeah. Um, transparently, I made this pick before I looked at their injury list, uh, and it is not inconsequential. Um, <laughs> I know this isn't exactly the way it's laid out, but if you look at the, the their roster, their starting lineup in-game right now, the home run high is 10 home runs. <laughs> like, that, I don't know if that's real or what's going on here? Yeah, it uh, looks like a it looks like a spring training, like you know, uh, set of stats. It's really strange. Yeah, is this? I guess I can just go here and look batting stats. You need look at their left-handed lineup because the right-handed one doesn't include uh, the two big bats, Soto or a Okay. Yeah, I was about to say I'm pretty sure they have good players. What am I missing here? They have Jerry McDonald, Juan Soto, Kurt Franklin, Jose Abreu. These are the guys that I remembered before even thinking, like looking at their team, who I liked as Dodgers and I liked about why they were winning this year. That core right there to me um, is the reason I believe in the Dodgers as a potential World Series contender. I don't love that Cedric Flowers and Parker Markell are their two best starting pitching options. Um, nope, nope. Forgetting the NL Cy Young winner there. Nathan Evaldi. Yeah, Evaldi. Where the what is going on with his fucking roster right now? I think no, just he, resting he, guys down the stretch. But he's uh, not on even the, on the homepage, the team homepage. He's he's the he's the number one in the rotation. Where am I looking at? It, it's also possible, uh, as we pointed out yesterday, playoff roster issues. Uh, oh, but Evaldi, okay. they still they still have Evaldi. All right, dude, I thought, I, again, I picked this team completely off memory of liking the Dodgers all year, and I was looking at this thing thinking I must be crazy. So, yes, with Nathan Evaldi, with Dennis Moore anchoring the bullpen, Carson Fulmer having an excellent year, that the four guys I just mentioned as offensive threats that I have always been a big fan of, Garcia, Franklin, Abreu, um, Soto, uh, these are the kind of guys that, to me, 
if they can get through Arizona, I really like the Dodgers as a National League favorite to come out of the National League and then go on. You know, they got a good chance as anybody, in my opinion, to take on somebody like the Angels or the, the Astros or, or the Mariners. Um, we don't have a great shot out of the National League really outside of Arizona. So if it's not Arizona, the Dodgers are the next best team. I like what they can do. I, I like their splits. I, I like their high-end guys. Some of the bottom tier is lacking, but I think there's enough between their their top-end guys that they can have enough of an explosive series or two that, that they can really get themselves into this thing. The things they struggle with are, are what? Base running? Really, that's the the big uh, – I mean, they, strike, they don't strike out a lot of guys. It's base running is, is the biggest weakness for them. Uh I'm okay with that as my biggest weakness for a team that's contending for a World Series. The two players that they're going to miss uh, in the playoffs are Steve White and Javier Garcia, who's still dealing with a broken hand and he's out two more weeks. And uh, the time frame just you're going to have to deal with Arizona not at full power if you get there. And Arizona, it's tough to beat. But Dodgers are what, 100, a 100-win team. I mean, this is this is a really good baseball team with – top of the rotation they've got their guys as you pointed out uh, Dennis Moore was September a National League pitcher of the month uh pitching as well as anyone Tyler Glass now joins Fulmer in the back end of that bullpen uh you brought in Russell Martin off the uh, bring off the bench behind Jerry McDonald there, there's still stuff there Juan Soto back from uh an injury here in mid-September mid to late September so there's a lot to like with the Dodgers you um, have access to different statistics sometimes that you're able to pull things that I'm unable to find. Can you tell me what the Diamondbacks playoff record is? The Diamondbacks playoff record. Like how they, I don't remember them making a splash last year. I remember them making an unceremonious exit. And I feel like they did it the year before too. Uh, give me a second and I'll pull that up. Uh, the Dodgers will also be without Jared Cozart, you know, who got injured back on September 9th. That That's a, a reasonable loss um the uh you know while he's bringing up the trade for Ivaldi uh has to be I mean the best trade of of the year uh this was back on March 14th on Pi Day uh he was traded from the White Sox to the Dodgers in exchange for Tyler Pill who's now with San Francisco did he play Uh, oh he did um he was like Hill was traded along with Tank Jones, Oriola uh, Rivera, Spencer Torkelson, and Jordan Wicks for um, uh, Hughes Valone and Ryan Bolt, who's in the minors right now. Uh, also in that uh, that trade, uh, Sean Neubauer, who's uh, now in Pittsburgh, and then Juan Costello and Andrew Painter, who are a couple of minor leaguers of um, and Costello's with the Mets now. He's in the Mets organization. Um, he was traded, uh, actually he's been traded a couple times. He got traded to the Mariners and then off to the Mets in the Carson Kelly deal. Um, so like getting a Cy Young, likely Cy Young winner for that, that's pretty damn good. Uh, Yeah. Arizona did lose in the divisional series last year to Atlanta. Uh, three games to one year prior, they did make the world series losing okay. in five games to the angels. All right. So not an unceremonious year before it was just last year. And the only reason this thing out is because it was to me. So, but I have to agree with you, Comey, getting the Evaldi for that all 
at the time, I remember there being some uproar about Torkelson being included. He didn't even stick in Chicago. He is now in San Francisco, where he hit 192 over 40 games after hitting 202 in Chicago for 24 games, right? So just not really hitting the ball super well after a total of 10 games in AAA. Perhaps another case of somebody being rushed through that system, or any system, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, adding a guy like Evaldi who took the Dodgers – they weren't terrible last year. I'm in the wrong thing, but they were out of playoff team in 2021. Took them from 80 wins, 76 wins in 2020, 80 wins in 80, uh, 2021, and now they won 100 games in the final during 2022. Not all Evaldi is doing, but an anchor like that at top of your rotation makes a difference, and you can see the results here for this year. I, I think the biggest problem is they can't throw Evaldi twice in this wild card series, yeah. and they probably. They, they might be able to throw him twice against the Diamondbacks in a, in a best of five, but that, you know, um, but their, their rotation's not exactly set up to, you know, optimize him, especially in a short series. Um, based on time, I'm perfectly fine just keeping on rolling with this and just making this the, the, the show if you two are. Yeah, this, this is good. Uh, just yeah. the one caveat to that, uh, we talk as much of all the Cy Young candidate. Game one matchup? Uh, Miguel Pineda is pretty good, 18 and 10, sub three ERA and 200 plus strikeouts back to back years. Uh, so that's that's a hell of a matchup in game one. Yeah, that's pro that's probably the best game one matchup, uh, possible, especially if like Reggie McMillan is throwing for Houston, doesn't really match like on paper, doesn't match up with Danny Holson, but um. All right, Brian, you're back up. Uh, it would have been the last pick of the second round, so the sixth the sixth pick. Yep. Uh, I grabbed the second-place team in the National League West. The Astros making the playoffs for ooh, first time in a mm -hmm. while, right? You mean the American League West? Yeah, whichever one. They, they flip-flop. They could be back in the National League next for, year. For, first time since last year. Yeah, so for second time in a row. For Last year was the first time in a minute. This is the second year in a row that the Astros have made the playoffs. Um I, I like the Astros and what they built. I like this team. I like their power that they've got up and down the lineup, right? Bregman, Gonzalez, Arnando, Tatis Jr., Joey Bart, uh, Dodge Kowale hit 24 at the bottom of the lineup. They can slug the ball from almost any position outside of George Kyoko in first base position, which is a strange lack of power. You know, historically, that's not a position that uh, people slug from. So I really, really like their ability to hit with anyone. I don't love the rotation. Bill Black has been – I think we talked about him at the time of the acquisition at some point, perhaps being one of the most overhyped players in MLB Pro. He is a name more than he is anything else. And he has really struggled in Houston. His BABIP is 361. He's walking 5.2 per nine. Like, he, he's been a disaster in Houston since he came over. So the rotation does scare me. But at the sixth spot, with considering all the teams we just talked about and the flaws they have behind them, I really like being able to get an offensive team like Houston um, with a team that uh, – or not a um, team, excuse me, with, but with a bullpen to back it up. So if, if Houston can get out in front of people, which they easily can with the way they hit the ball, uh, and hold on to a lead late or even midway through, I, I like their chances to be able to hold on to it with the bullpen they've got. So that's my, my case for Houston. On top of the fact that – they were the hottest team in the American League post All-Star break, which is saying a lot with how many good teams there are in the American League. You know, uh, the Angels had their struggles, but Houston was hot post-All-Star post, post -All -Star break. Um, 
know, I, I'm going to take back what I said about McMillan. Uh, he was by far the best pitcher Houston or best starter Houston had against Seattle. Uh, so McMillan, I'm doing this on the fly. So it's, um, but I, I just went through all the starters. So McMillan uh, in five starts, 24 and a third innings against Seattle, he went one and two with a 3.70 ERA, 1.27 whip. Uh, he had an ERA plus of 120. I uh, gave up 28 hits in the 24 and a third, but only two home runs. He only walked three batters. Uh, he was pretty solid against Seattle. Then you get John Lamb, who might be the game two starter. I, I don't know how things are going to shake out for their rotation. He was 0-3 with a 5-1-4 ERA, a 1-6-2 whip, a 3-66 BABIP, and 86 ERA plus. He sucked. Um, Juan de Villa uh, wasn't much better. Uh, actually, I think he was way worse. He was. Uh, 12 and two thirds innings pitch an eight, five, three ERA, a 1.97 whip gave up four home runs and tw- uh, 12 and two thirds innings walked eight. Um, not looking too great there. And then Bill black, he, uh, one and one with a five Oh six ERA, a one seven, eight whip an 87 ERA plus he walked seven in 10 and two thirds. Um, Houston might have their worst draw here in, in Seattle, even though Seattle, like Seattle went 11 and eight over the season against them. It just, you, as you said, th- those starters against Seattle, that's not a good uh, scenario for, uh, for the Astros. He, no, they also but- don't come in full strength, uh, Julian Silva on the disabled list. Yeah, I mean the, the Astros aren't without flaw. There is there is no question there. Um, I, I just I think that they are as well equipped as anybody is in the American League, maybe outside of the Angels, to compete with the the Mariners. Right? There's there was not a team I could sit there, particularly in six, but even even taking the draft out of it, the Astros were a team that competed with the Mariners all year long. Um, it will be an offensive display like we just talked about the angels are up and down or the mariners excuse me up and down the best offense outside of everything other than home runs in the american league which does not bode well for the the pitching lineup we just walked through there but i it will be a big test of who scores first and the astros should have home field advantage i guess they do uh, through this wild card so i guess even in theory if they're trailing a little bit, they can get bullpen and hold it close. I like having the bottom of the ninth for the Astros to come back and, and take their last stab at it. So, so I think if they get through this, this matchup, it doesn't get easier, but it'll be the same scenario all the way through. Mash it up and, and hold down the bullpen on the back end. Bullpens are just so – it's such a – bullpen bullpen baseball in the playoffs is, is such a dramatic experience, right? I, every dramatic – moment I can remember from watching playoff baseball and I will enjoy over the next couple of weeks is bullpen related. It's, it's, it's these big, larger than life personalities coming out of the pen, standing there in front of 50,000 people, you know, striking out the biggest hitters in baseball over and over again, or fucking up and giving up home runs. But that strength of the, the Astros really, really, I cling to that as somebody who had to take the Astros here at number six. There's two points that I, I think stand out to me with this Astros team. And really, it, it also goes with Seattle, but but particularly this this Astro team. And, and 
I'm not saying this is exactly why they were built this way, but I'm also not going to say that Matt probably didn't look at this. You have four out of five of your starters are lefties. What did the Angels struggle most with? Lefties. They were 75 and 34 against righties. They were 28 and 25 against lefties. So Houston, lefty dominant rotation, could give the Angels problem. What do the Angels not have this year? They don't have much power in that offense, hitting a near 186 home runs, 10th in the National League. Well, what does Houston have an abundance of? Power up and down that lineup, especially if they get by Seattle. Julian Silva likely back, and this is a team that led the American League in home runs. So power plus lefties, it could find them having an advantage in the next round against L.A. if they can get by Seattle here. Um, Seattle's 29 and 22 against lefties. Um, and there was one other thing that I had pulled up and I don't remember what it is. So it must not be, um, I don't know. It might, it might come back to me. It probably won't. That's not a big deal. Um, but I, I just, I, again, like that's a really, oh, 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 the biggest key for, for Houston to me is getting through Seattle's lineup one time or, you know, with an early lead. If you're trying to catch up against the Mariners uh, bullpen, um, you're you're really kind of mitigating like your your own bullpen strengths um, to to you know some degree. Like you really, you, it, and a lot of that strategy, like you know, your bullpen usage uh, gets altered if you're pitching from behind if you're trying to catch up. So really, grabbing an early lead is extremely important for Houston and can be tough to do with their starters um, results against Seattle this year. Um, so we had touched on them at number five. Uh, that would be Anon. And I went with the Seattle Mariners and I think you could flip a coin really with the Mariners and the Astros. And, and one problem I think that that landed them in the four or five and six spot is that not only do they have to get through each other, then you have to get through the angels and it's a tough path before you even get to the American league CS, let alone the world series. Uh, but at the end of the day, I went with the Mariners over the Astros for one reason uh, you list every one of these pitchers in the playoffs and, and there's some great pitchers, Pineda, Avaldi, uh, the Cardinals have a few. Arizona's got some. The Braves, great rotation. But if I had to pick three pitchers I want pitching the playoffs, it, it is hard to pick against Holson, Appel, and Hooper. Yeah. Uh, and, and we talk about, for years now, the back end of the Mariners' bullpen, and it's an issue. Uh, and I'm sure there are still times that getting there can cause headaches in Seattle, but Blake Snell and Jordan Walden have been fantastic this year. Uh, so the rotation still as good as it gets the back end of the bullpen seems to be fixed and you have a lineup that is as deadly as anyone's, including that of Houston's. Um, so that that's my slight edge to Seattle over Houston. Um, fixed is comparative. Like, because if you aren't going with Blake Snell late, uh, they've been using Matthew Thompson with his uh, 6.75 ERA, a 419 BABIP, a 65 ERA plus. Um, I'm kind of surprised he's on the roster for the playoffs um, and that they didn't add like an extra bat or, or something. Like I'm, I'm just surprised he's there because he's been dreadful. Like I, I would rather see Carson Kelly in that, in that like 
you know, modified middle slot, you know, that's more of a setup. Um, because Matthew Thompson in a spot that's magnified like this, that would worry the crap out of me. A lot um, of those struggles were the third time through the lineup. I, I think being in a bullpen role will benefit him greatly. Um, I mean, I, that's entirely possible. Um, but if you're also like, I, I, he was a starter. He's never pitched out of the bullpen. Never. He, he's not had one outing out of the bullpen. And now you're going to take him and put him in a close and late situation. I, I, I'm not on board with that one at all. I'm not like that's to me, you're just begging to, to drop a game because you're putting in a kid who's never had to come in in that situation, not warm the way he normally warms up and expect him to do the job. I, and I know I, I say that as a pitcher who's both started and relieved, like, you know, we, we all know you starters warm up differently than relievers and, and you have to take more time as a starter to, to get yourself going and, I just, I'm not a fan. Two names I, for you. Kyle Radatz, Jason Grom. Worked for both of them. I think it can work for Thompson. I mean, we'll see. He's not either of them. And that's, you know, uh, so I'm just on the positive <laughs> side. Elliot Jenkins is probably my, he's one of my favorite players, if not my favorite player in the, in the like, he's so dynamic. Um, he's definitely like, if we were to talk about like X factors, um, he's on my short list of those, um, just seems to really make, uh, Seattle's offense way more dynamic. Like he sets a table for, for, um, everybody behind him. He's, he's a great number two hitter. Like I, I just, I love that kid. Um, and, uh, if he has himself a really good playoffs, like, this offense will will take off, and I could see, you know, them getting the momentum, and they're, you know, as familiar with the Angels as at, more so than anybody else. So, if they get into the series with the Angels, I mean that that's it's. I don't think it's like a sixty forty in favor of the Angels. I think it's more like a fifty three forty seven. Like it's as close to a flip as you're going to get with the angels still getting, it's like, if you're getting, um, you know, the, the custom three points because you're the home team, that that's what the angels will be getting to me in that series. Um, really quickly on Elliot, just because you mentioned him and I was already thinking about this, Elliot Jenkins was originally a main, um, piece discussed in the Armando Cabanas trade that led Armando Cabanas going over to Seattle. We talk about the absolute, Worthless piece of crap Armando Cabanas has become 7.8 war in 2020, 5.6 in 2021, 3.9 in 2022. Man, did Atlanta dodge a bullet by not keeping him around. Am I right? He was a bum, only hit only was 12 of 49 last year's playoffs at 245. I mean, you, 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 you were you nailed that one. Yeah, crushed it. Um, also somebody who was once traded for Nathan Evaldi when uh Evaldi was traded to the Yankees um, 
Jenkins was uh, a one, like, I guess the, I don't know if he was the main piece, but he, it was a five player package. Um, but he was a former 19th overall pick in the 2016 draft by the Yankees. Um, so just, it, it just interesting how everything is like, you know, small world in this league because it's so incestuous with all the trades. Yeah. Um, it's a wild. Yeah. Cabanas was traded away by the Mariners and then traded back for, to the Mariners. So it's this, this whole league, the trade, you can't go down trade trees. It's why I made one for Bryce Harper once. It was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. The, the trade trees in this league are like um, trying to, you know, look at uh, all of the, royal families in europe in the 14th century like they're all just intertwined it, it's it's ridiculous um so i had the first pick of the second round and the last pick of the first round the fourth pick i took baltimore and it's uh yeah i was uh foretelling that you brought up bullpens um because i took them and the team that i took third uh, specifically because of bullpens. Baltimore had the best bullpen in the American League, uh, really catapulted their team because their starters ERA, you know, they're, they're eighth in AL in ERA, but that 2.83 bullpen ERA leads their overall team to be third. Like they make liberal use of their bullpen and they know how to use their bullpen um, and they're very effective at it. Their teams hit 233 against them. Teams had a 286 BABIP against them. They were they were second in defensive efficiency and zone rating. They're second in strikeouts. Um, they're third in runs allowed. Yep, their offense isn't good. Let, let it, they're not good. It, it, they are average. Um, and they're inexperienced like not gonna you know that there's a team that had a flipped record from last year you know 69 and 93 um this team is is completely battle tested i mean what they had to go through in the final two weeks of the season with toronto and and you know for a week and a half um tampa like they were as pushed as as anybody and they won the thing. They have the pieces um, on both sides. You know, Dave Tatum with 44 home runs, Evan Longoria, uh, you know, maybe the best free agent signing um, in the league this year, maybe. Um, you know, I, I think he, he's up there with uh, what, Arenado with, with um, Detroit. Detroit. Uh, you know, they have. I just noticed they got Miguel Leon. I yeah, I remember they they did they did get him and he was fine. It wasn't great, but he's an excellent defensive shortstop. You know, like this team is is built to win close games, and I think they're going to be in a lot of close games. Um, and so it's kind of hard to, you know, not take them somewhat early in this thing. Plus, they also have a reasonable reasonable draw like you know they get toronto and then they they don't have to face um they only like if they get to the alcs they only have to face one of the angels mariners and astros 
I mean, that, they're that's... not scared of those guys. They were five and two against the Astros. They were five and one against the Mariners. They were two and five against the Angels. But what? That's twelve and eight winning yeah. record against those teams. Uh, they're not scared of anyone in Baltimore. Yeah. So I, it's it's hard to pick against a, a, a team that could very well be blissfully unaware of where they are. What's wild about them that is it's I mean every point you've made is spectacular. I love the way that. Sandy Elmore, I guess, has used the bullpen over the last two years. I like the way he used it last year, too, despite the fact that I counseled Drew, I don't know, 14 times this year to fire Sandy Elmore Jr. and go hire a manager. Because uh, how much fucking I know, I fired my manager on a 10-game winning streak, and this guy wrote out this dude to whatever. But he may not even have his best players playing in the majors right now. But Julio Rodriguez is a spectacular offensive corner outfielder. He didn't have a spot because Alfredo Morales and Ty Detmer hit the shit out of the ball at the major league level. You know, when you can't bench Dave Tatum. So, you know, maybe Tatum could play first and John could go back to the minors. But you have Julio Rodriguez, uh, Alex Gorman. Alex Early is only 20 years old in Tri-A, but he looks kind of almost ready for the majors. Like, they are stacked with talent. And that's not even mentioning the guys that they have that are MLB ready that are already rule five eligible. So like Baltimore should be concerned about the playoffs right now. because I think they have a great chance to make it to a world series out of nowhere, but this roster from player one down to player 60 is really loaded full of talent. And they got some decisions to make in this all season. That will be difficult to make. I just find that fascinating. Nobody was yelling at them to bring up Nolan <coughs> Gorman all the time. I mean, I was like, you know, people were about uh, one Bobby Witt. To be um, fair, we did it last year uh, and the year before. And I forget the guy's name because he he waited too long and he totally fell apart. And the guy's in like double A now. Um, Senzel, Senzel, not Senzel. Yeah, Nick Senzel. Yeah, Nick no, Senzel. They, screwed, they screwed him. Nick Senzel looked like a, a top prospect and they waited way too long to bring him up. And he was dog shit when he came up. So that that's why we were all mad at Drew. But anyway. I, I, I think your point is like the point about their team, Comey. It's their bullpen's awesome, and their offense is good enough to get out in front of you. And it, once they're out in front of you, they pull the the rope quick on the starters and hand it over to these guys that just shut the game down. Their best pitcher is probably in the minors, Alex Early. Yeah, he's like sick. he he looks like, and I'm just going off the scouting report, and I have a good scout. Like he's looking like he could be contributing now. Agreed. And, and doing doing well like but i mean they also have a really good overall staff now i mean i think um, we we've talked about a couple teams in the back half of this draft that would take six to sanchez to start game one of their wild card series and not thinking twice about it i'm oh, sorry not six though alex early i'm sorry the issue yeah. that they are going to run into is chris conkey and riley ferguson their last two starts they combined to go three and a third giving up 13 runs and 14 hits against the Red Sox. So two guys that could get games in, in this first series are coming off of just dreadful starts. Yeah, Fer- Ferguson's been inconsistent. Um, like, you know, that there was the start uh, back on the 29th, inning and a third, seven hits, six runs, all earned. Um, and then he beat Houston. Uh Five uh, back on the 23rd, five hits in six innings, uh, but five walks, six strikeouts. But then, you know, seven hits in four and two thirds, uh, in a loss to Toronto. Again, four runs in uh, five and a third against um, Boston, 
but then two hits over seven innings and beating Toronto. Like you're not really sure which Ferguson's gonna gonna show up, and that's that's concerning. Like it's the same thing with Houston, um, but this team's so good defensively that I, I think it can bail them out of a, a lot of of issues. Whereas Houston, um, I forget where they were defensively. Um, yeah, they're like Houston's average defensively and Baltimore is elite. And I think that can serve them. Like that's why they have an advantage on, on Baltimore or I mean on Houston. Um, that brings me to the third pick. And if, if you know what the first two are likely to be, then you know that the third pick is Minnesota. Um, and it, I think this was a lack of guts to take Baltimore third, to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah, it's also like Minnesota has history, um, you know, outside of the blip in 2020, they've been to the playoffs four times in the last five years, winning the title in 17. Um, you know, they've averaged 90, uh, 98 wins from 2017. Again, 2020, notwithstanding, you know, they won 94 this year and they won 94, and it was, um, it took them a while to get going. Um, they were really slow out of the gate, but they've been very consistent um, since the All Star break. They're a team that they are um, not elite pitching wise, but they are um, right below that. And they don't give up home runs. Um, their defense is, is solidly like with zone rating. Again, defense is, is it, it's tough to quantify that. Um, like their defensive efficiency is below average. So not really sure how that plays. But then the offense, you know, second in the AL in hits, uh, third in average, third in on base, um, fourth in walks, and they're second in base running. Um, they're really good. Like they don't hurt themselves um in those facets of the game like defensively with and you know base running like they're they're able to take advantage of, of some things and of course i mean um forever my stupidity uh gary copeland had the gary copeland things um this year he only led the league in hits and in all three slash marks um and had a 173 OPS. Like, that's all he did this time. Um, but he's, garbage. he's got help. He, he's got help, though. I mean, uh, Joe Adele had a really good season. Um, you know, 327, 416, 547, 20 homers in, in 421 plate appearances, had an OPS of 160. Um, you know, Caleb Coart, who uh, I think he was, uh, yeah, he was the free agent signing from from the angels 284 28 home runs 113 rbis like he improved on all of his numbers from last year and he had really good numbers last year um and they also you know with giolito um akivia um, samson um even though he's not great like he's done all right in the bullpen or not in the bullpen uh as a starter since he went back into the rotation um you know like actually i Take that back. He he was dreadful as a starter, but um, 
Yeah, he was, he was. So maybe he goes back in the bullpen. I don't know. Like, I guess he went the. I guess he went back in the rotation as necessity, but um, at least he's got experience there. I I just made that a positive. Snack on that. There you go. Let, yeah. let me jump in because I got. I unfortunately have to run. I, I have a, so yeah. many things I've got to do, and I'll let you boys talk about the the top two obvious picks um, down the stretch. So, <clears throat> I we talked about um, Nate Uvalde being the pickup of of this year. Lucas Giolito has proven to be a a the pickup of last year and then beyond. Right, he pitched to a two fourteen ERA last year. He's pitched to a two sixty one ERA this year. His two best career ERAs, even when he's pitching very well in Tampa. Prior to his arrival in Oakland, where he was not great, he has been spectacular at the top of this rotation, providing stability that the Twins really needed as the rest of their team aged. You brought up Joe Adele. You think about Martin Lopez, some of these youngsters that had to hit, and they absolutely have for the last two years. I really like these Twins team. I think their lineup is deep. You know, outside of Bill Wells, maybe. I, I, Michael Sharp is a defensive guy, so like you don't expect him to hit. They, they want him in the middle of that uh, defense just doing defensive things. I like this team a lot outside of Bill Sharp or Michael Sharp, excuse me. This team sucks defensively. Uh, They were worst in the American league in errors. While they may get to a lot of balls, their efficiency is terrible and they make a ton of errors. Their fifth is actually first with a five, a fifth rating in in runs against the starters ERA and things. So like their defense has hurt them. That's a huge sample size over the full year. And so in the individual game, you don't worry about it all that much. But in a really tight league like the American League, going up against the Angels, going up against the Mariners, going up against the Astros or whoever else you may face, you can't afford to give up free runs. And as good as the Twins are on offense, because they are very, very good, you give up the Angels or the Mariners a single free run in in a couple of games, that could be the difference between your chances to make it all the way through this thing. So I am worried about self-inflicted errors with the Twins. All that said, this team is spectacular. And they have guys that they can move in the all. Like they've talked about moving some of the other pieces. I, I really like the twins, but I just wanted to call out a couple of things there that Lucas Giolito was traded at the same time Colby Allard was. Uh, I think for less of a, a swap that Colby Allard got when he came over to Atlanta and he went back to Oakland, mind you. Uh, Giolito was the right selection by the twins. That was a great, great pickup for them. And he's been spectacular ever since. So uh, thank you for organizing this, Comey. I apologize. I have to jump out, guys, but I got to go get ready to, to drive six hours tomorrow. So um, yeah. enjoy your trip. Yeah, Thanks, thank you. I listen to us in the morning. Okay. Um, so, uh, Minnesota, by the way, four and three against Baltimore this year. Um, that's going to be a fun, really fun first round series. I think, um, let's they have a winning record two. against everyone in the, in the American league, uh, playoffs, winning record against Baltimore, winning a record against Houston, winning record against the angels, Mariners and blue Jays. That is, uh, that is very true. That is very true. Um, that you know, if they can, if their if their bats come alive, like I, I think, you know, they they are very capable of just going going very far. Um, all right, you had number two, and I'm pretty sure we know the order of the top two, but for the sake of illusion, who you got it? Who who'd you take number two? Uh, I went with the Diamondbacks number two. I'm shocked. To me, they're the team to beat uh, across the league. Uh, one through four in the lineup, one through five in the lineup, it's as good as any. And then you even look at six, seven, and eight, uh, Ricardo Perez, Daz Cameron, Nico Horner, all good players. Uh, what Bryce Harper is doing this year, what Jeremy Scott is doing this year is remarkable. Uh, Vlad Guerrero missing time with injury. 
the lineup is 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 as good as any uh, in baseball, and that shows in the National League, leading it in basically every offensive category humanly possible. Um, everything but walks. Everything but walks, and it's strikeouts are seventh, but you know they're second in walks, first in ever literally everything else. So you strike out a little bit, you still lead the league in batting average on base percentage and slugging percentage OPS. Uh, you'll take those strikeouts. It's an aggressive offense, but they have the talent to be aggressive. Simple as that. The the only thing that holds them back, and it is a concern, is the rotation. Are Otani, Jeffrey Stone, Lance McCullers enough, Emilio Salazar, to get by the cream of the crop late in the playoffs? I don't know the answer to that, but the bullpen's good and the lineup is spectacular. And, and there is just it's hard to it's hard to nitpick uh with a team that is this talented. 21 um, and 19 in one run games, so a couple games go their way and, and it's 105, 110 win team. There's there's a lot to like in Desert. Are you worried about Andrew Morales? You know, one and two in September, six four six ERA over twenty three and two thirds, uh five starts, give it thirty-three hits. Uh, had a one five six whip and a BABIP of four oh five. I mean, he was so good up until that point, and just had a terrible September. Now he did have a good October start, um, but that's against the Giants. Are you concerned about him? Um, like, uh, they get either LA or Colorado, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, he got lit up by the Dodgers twice uh, in mid-September, and then he got lit up by Colorado right before that. Are you concerned about him? I, I think a little bit. Uh, the sore, sore shoulder sidelined him for eight weeks in early June, came back in July and was great. Is there some fatigue in the arm? Uh, here is the season has gone on in September, perhaps. His strikeout numbers were still high in September, despite giving up more hits. Uh, still struck out more than a batter per uh, inning. Just as you pointed out, 33 hits in 23 innings uh, compared to 25 hits in 29 innings in an August, where he was spectacular to the tune of a 1.84 ERA. Um, if healthy, if there is no fatigue, I, I think he's fine. Uh, as you pointed out, did close the year with a good start against the Giants, going six innings on just two hits after a dismal third of an inning outing uh, in a start prior. So he closed on, closed with a good one. I'll, I'll put some faith in that Morales is uh, going to be fine here in the playoffs. Okay. Um, I mean, I – I think it was kind of obvious this team was going to go second, but it's like a one a one B scenario to me. I mean, that lineup is just, that's a really impressive lineup. Um, you know, I'm checking out what their uh, back end starters did against Colorado and LA. They, they're fine. Not, um, not spectacular. Um, you know, again, like obviously short, short, um, Sample size, um, small sample size, whatever. Um, but that, I mean, th this lineup is just, it's the best lineup in the league. And 
there, there's no the the distance between them at the top and and whoever you decide the number two team is is profound regardless um it, it they're just you know they're the obvious favorites in in the national league um especially with the dodgers banged up um i i you know if they whoever they get if they get to the world series whoever they get they're at least even money with no no matter what because i mean they'd be they'd have home field advantage on anybody but the angels that's correct um, yeah so you know I, I would like their chances Chance regardless, and it's showing Vladdy and Jeremy Scott both is on fire right now. Um, it also helps, with, as you pointed out, this home field advantage. That, that That's key against some of these American League teams. You have Dave Tatum, DH. Okay, so he has to play the field. Uh, Alfredo Morales. You already have Alfredo Morales and Tyson Detmer in the corner outfield spots there. So so Baltimore's out defensive outfield alignment takes a hit. Uh, in Toronto, you have Pardo, DH. I don't think you can throw him behind the plate. So you do, do you put him at first base? Now you're taking out Lance Hartgraves, who, or uh, Donnie Dingers, uh, Don Winston. The Twins obviously have a big issue come National League ballpark. What do you do with Gary Copeland? Because he can't play first base. I mean, he'll have to play first base, but he can't play first base. Yeah. Uh, Angels, Brian Hennessy, DH. Uh, do you take Posey out? Posey can't catch. So, so what do the Angels do? Uh, Houston, Arredondo. And the Twins, or the Mariners, excuse me, thinking, thinking, okay, the Mariners don't lose a ton at DH. But everyone else in the American League takes a big hit when the DH is taken out of lineup. Right, right. I mean, you know, I've said this many times. I mean, the reason I traded Copeland was he didn't progress at all as a defensive first baseman. In the National League, you kind of need that, as I am somebody who does – you know, I mean, we, I think we've seen it with Tampa. I, I value defense, um, and Copeland wasn't going to do that, regardless how good the bat was. Like it, it was kind of sketchy. The one thing that that does concern me about Arizona, um, they are prone to fits of averageness. Um, outside, you know, they went nineteen and nine in May, and they went twenty two and three in July. They also went 13 and 14 in April. They went 13 and 12 in June. And then they were 15, 11 in September, which is fine. Um, but they just that, you know, for a 103 win team, um, they're surprisingly not as consistent as I thought they were, which can be cause for concern. Like if you have to face, Nathan Evaldi twice in a, in a five game series, um, you know, or Pedro Magana, um, or if you get the Phillies of full strength, or if you get, you know, the Braves with their four starters, you know, um, even though the Diamondbacks went 29 and 15 against left-handed starters, it's still just something that if you, you know, will the time off in the first round, could that potentially throw off like, you know, their, their rhythm, so to speak, that will be something to, to watch because if they come out and they are scuffling a little bit uh, in the first game or two of the divisional round, I mean, all bets are off. 
Um, so that that will be something I, I think to uh, to observe with them. Um, do you have anything else about the Diamondbacks before we get to uh, the number? No, I, I think I think your point just the, the the argument I guess I would I would throw out there they can afford some struggles in that lineup. If, if Juan Marine doesn't hit, okay, well you still got Harper, Scott, Vlad, Hanson to follow. Um, they are going to benefit from uh, with Pineda and Evaldi going tomorrow. How soon in the NLDS will they be available? Uh, will that not be until potentially game two, potentially game three? Will that limit their usage in that series? Further giving um, them in the edge. And, and the other side of the National League, I think it, it proved in our rankings. We we It's not to say the Cardinals, Phillies, and Braves aren't quality teams, but... Uh, but they're they're a tier below the the D backs. So if Arizona can get by the Dodgers, they, there's just the clear path for them. It seems like on paper to get to the World Series, and yeah, once there again, I mean, uh, they've got everything to do it. And that honestly, if the if they get the Dodgers uh, in the divisional series, um, the Dodgers went eleven and eight against Arizona this year. And if you have to face Evaldi twice in a five-game series where you only got to win three games and you lose that game one. Um, Trouble. To, to Evaldi and, and the Dodgers. Like, the Diamondbacks will be in in deep trouble. Um, that, that, that will be very interesting to see. All right, number one pick, obviously the Angels. Um, I mean, they're elite in everything. Like, you know, outside of the power um, and oddly enough, outside of pitching war where they were somehow ninth in war, how the hell were they ninth in war when they're first or second in virtually everything um, that, oh, I guess they, they issued, they were ninth in AL in, in walks, but still that, that, okay. I, it, that just, I don't understand that. That's where it's like, I don't get how war is calculated. Like that's where my, my brain breaks a little bit. Um, everything clicked for the angels this year. I mean, that, that, that's pretty, pretty clear. Um, I don't know that Nomar Mazara is the MVP anymore. Um, where it was clear that he was the MVP in June. I don't know that that's as clear anymore. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting discussion, just like um, Paul Erickson was the Cy Young winner in June. He's not that now because I don't know how anybody can go against, you know, uh, Hooper or even, I guess, Halton um, or even potentially, well, I get uh, Brady Singer. I wouldn't take Singer over Erickson. Um, but I mean, they obviously they they have all the pieces. If if there's something that could keep them from winning at all, I mean, obviously, while they're the odds-on favorite, the odds are against them to win the thing because the odds are against every individual team to win the thing. Um, their bullpen does have holes in it, and. You know, if you're relying on somebody like Blaine Enloe uh, or um, Willie Main, Willie Main was fine. He was fine. Um, but 
you know, he he's definitely more more average um than the rest of these guys or Ormando Romero. Um if these guys end up taking on big innings, um, you know, have to be put in spots where uh they could be exploited, you know, that that's where you can lose in the margins. Um it, it's hard to find reasons against LA other than their path sucks. Their their path sucks. Let's face it. They they really got no favors. Um having to face either Seattle or Houston in the divisional round. Like that, that's a tough one to me. Potentially not being at full health if Anthony Kerr isn't back in time for the ALDS. The lack of power relative to everyone else in the American League playoffs. But I think I think you the two names you brought up that are, I think are scaring the hell out of everything in Los Angeles, it's Maynard Romero. Two guys that for years have been consistently shut down relievers have flat out been beyond ineffective since the All-Star break. Uh, William, William Maine uh, in August, 14 innings, 20 hits, 10 earned runs, 6.14 ERA. September, it got worse, 15 hits, 9 earned runs in 10 innings for an ERA of 7.59. Uh, so flat out, can't rely on him. Then you look at Armando Romero uh, since July in 412 21 innings pitched he's now surrendered 15 runs in ERA in July of 8 and 5.6 in August 5.6 in September so two guys that routinely were called on to get to the likes of Navarez and Ishikawa in the 8th and ninth inning uh they can't rely on and you've seen Cooper and Holtzen throw 105 pitches a game. The Angels' philosophy has never been to throw guys 100-plus pitches a game. You see that with Paul Erickson averaging under 95 per game. Will they be willing to let Erickson, let Funkhauser, let Singer go to points of a game that they haven't been willing to do in, in the past uh, with some of these bullpen arms being, uh, I think, a grave concern for them? It'll be interesting there. Uh, it's just the lineup. They, they get hits, but in the playoffs, can you rely on 10 hit games, 12 hit games? If, if you're not hitting, hitting the home run and outside of Hennessy and Mazzara, there's just not much of a, a power threat anywhere else in this lineup. I, I think they put a lot of pressure on, on pitchers and that that's really, you know, the, I mean, they're sixth in stolen bases. Yeah. They're 13th in base running, but like they're aggressive. Um, and they're just good at getting on base. The, the you know, looking at at their progression over the season. So, you know, I I, I kind of stand corrected on the home field. I'm not really sure who gets home field if it were to be Angels Diamondbacks. They both finished with 103 wins. Um, the Angels have gotten progressively worse since June. You know, they were they were. Um, 61 and 20 at, as we went into July, then they went 15 and nine in July, 16 and 12 in August in September and October combined, they were 11 and 17. Um, it's very possible that no team needs that buy more than the angels, but 
you know, I wouldn't, you know, what you said about the Dimebacks being the overall favorite. Um, I'm wondering if this Angels team is just one that might have peaked, uh, you know, very early on and, and coasted. I mean, again, there's so much talent. But... Tennessee missed a couple weeks late in August, September. Uh, so again, a team that already had a limited power and limited production in the middle of the lineup, you took one of those pieces away. I think that hurt. And, and I think I really think it's as simple as Maine and Romero. If they pitch well, the Angels win the World Series. If they do not pitch well, the Angels are out in the ALDS. Well, if you want to, you know, you look at the the power, like Mazzara, um, like I said, he he's not a foregone conclusion as MVP. Like he had 242. 327, 440 in September. Like it was a 766 OPS. His um, worst month before that was August and it was a 905 OPS. Um, they were not a good team the final five weeks of the season. And they need Nomar Mazara to be the guy he was over the first four months of the season. Uh, they need you know, Brian Hennessy, um, who hit 256, 319, 430 um, in September. Like, he had a dreadful July, but he rebounded really well in, in August. Like, he had a 981 OPS. His OPS was 749 in September. And, yeah, like, if they are the guys that they were in September, they're screwed. Because it's just inconsistent. Like you can get guys on base, but if you're not moving them, if you're if your RBI guys are not um being RBI guys, that's a that's a big problem. So, you know, like like I said in the chat, like, you know, the taking the first couple of picks and decide like arguing why they can't win the World Series is what we'd be doing. Well, there are some big reasons as to why the Angels. Uh, won't win the World Series. They also have two positions at the bottom of the lineup that I don't know you can, I don't know, we know, let alone the Angels know who's going to start come game one of the ALDS. Because Carlos Romero behind the plate hasn't done anything since the All-Star break. And Gliber Torres in August and September hit 210. So does Dansby, Dansby Swanson end up at shortstop? Does Nick McCoy end up behind the plate? Or do they ride with Romero and Torres? Uh J.D. Martinez, does he end up in left field or does Zach Erstad, who came up in September, start in left field? There are a lot of questions with this team. Yeah, like Anthony Rendon, like he had good numbers with the Angels, propped up by an August on which he had 362 and had an OPS of 956. Um, This is, you know, make no mistake, this has been... You know, through August, this was the best team in baseball. I, you know, it, it's what have you done for me lately? And I don't know that they are that heading into this. Now, the first round by could really, you know, it could reset them and, and do some do some good. And, um, you know, they'll have, they'll be able to go with the top of the rotation to, to start, you know, the divisional series, which would put them in advantage where, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know if it really matters so much against Houston, but Seattle wouldn't be able to throw Holton. Um, I guess they would, because if it went three games, then yeah, they would still be able to throw Holton. Just but well, Holton probably won't be a full rest. 
Um, but it just, they have a really, when you, when you think back of the angels success over the years, it's Jordan Walden, it's Heath Bell, it's a Chapman. It's just a, a lights out five innings, six innings from the starter, turn it over to a bullpen. that's not going to blow the game. They went into the season, I think with that belief, but I just don't think that belief's there. Uh, we've seen it in the chat with, with the belief, with what's been said on Romero and me. And I just, I think it's, I really do think it's that simple with this team. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, th- there's a path there um, where, you know, like Skylar Spurrier was very solid this year. He had his numbers, like he was having a really good September too, that were, they got marred by uh, one just terrible terrible outing against Minnesota where he gave up seven hits and four earned runs in an inning and a third. Um, and saw his ERA jump from 2.41 to 2.82. But if you're taxing, if you're going from Spurrier to Navarez to Ishikawa and you're doing that, like you're just going to that well, um, you're going to, tire those guys out like at some point the other guys have to step up like Holtzman has good numbers um he's still give up 19 hits and 15 and two-thirds like his BABIP is is 383 um and he again he only pitched he's only pitched 15 and two-thirds innings above double a um is he somebody who's playoff ready like they're they're like you have those guys but He's no. the, he's the comparison we talked about earlier with Matthew Thompson in Seattle. The difference is Holtman has gotten a little bullpen uh, experience, and the stuff has shown in the big leagues: eighteen strikeouts, two walks in just fifteen and two thirds. So while the hits are there, uh, the strikeout numbers are huge, and, and in the bullpen, uh, will we see that? Uh, he doesn't walk guys. Great. That's the other thing. At least he didn't walk guys. So. You know, only two in that 15 and two thirds. Um, but you know, playoffs are a different are a different beast altogether. Uh, and can the inexperienced show up? Um, but it it's not, you know, as Brenton said in, in the chat, you know, he, he said the Angels, obviously. Um, our first pick is easy, Angels. Um, I probably would have taken Arizona first. Um just based on everything, but you know, well, it's obviously not only the that, top but two. As, as we talked about, just I mean, you you think back through this. What we had: Baltimore at three, Minnesota at four, Houston, Seattle at four or five, and no, yeah, Houston it was Minnesota, Minnesota at three, Baltimore at four. But I mean, it, honestly, just because I was a coward and didn't take Baltimore. But I mean, yeah. you. My point being, three through six are all all also American League teams. Uh, so to say the Angels, I mean. No one in the American League is clearly going to walk through the rest of the American League because there's just there's six talent. I mean, there's six talented teams on each side of the, the league, but in particular, the American League appears well, to just be loaded. I think we've proven like the Cardinals are also there. So there's like eleven teams and the Cardinals. You know, I'm just yeah, Aiden sucks. That that's just where I'm at. I, I'm I'm just to give Rocky some some happiness. Um, when his team inevitably loses to Baltimore. Um, yeah, but it's it's not going to be easy for whoever gets through the American League, which is another reason why, you know, Arizona, 
should probably be the number one pick in the, in this draft because they have an easier time coming through the NL. So, all right. Is there anything else we should, uh, we should talk about regarding the playoffs before we uh, say goodnight? Is this the year of the National League? It's been 10 years. National League has not won a World Series. Is this the year? I think it, I, I think it is. I'm just, I think it is. Like, if it's not, if it's not Arizona, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if it were the Dodgers. I just wouldn't, even though they're beat up and all, like, I, I don't know. Um, because I think there's going to be a, like long roads for all, for every, I think every AL series is going to go deep. Um, whereas, you know, whoever comes out of the Diamondbacks, Dodgers, Rockies portion could win their series in five or sweep. Um, and that, that gives them an advantage, get some rest. So, all right. I'm ready for playoff baseball. Yeah. Looking forward to it. It kicks off uh, tomorrow night, right? Tomorrow night. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Anon, thank you for uh, joining me this evening and thank, thank you for organizing. Yeah, of course. Um, we will uh, we'll try and do this uh, after the first round or maybe Sunday night just to talk about what's going on. Um, you know what the storylines are, um, but we will uh, we'll, we'll try and figure something out. See if we can uh, plan another one coming up. Um, all right. Uh, so for Anon, for Brenton, I'm Comey. Thanks for listening to Draftacular. Have a wonderful whenever it is, wherever you are.